Hey, welcome to PT Snacks Podcast. This is Casey, your host. And if you are tuning in for the very first time, what you need to know about this podcast is that it's meant for physical therapists and physical therapist students who are looking to maximize your time to master the foundations, but also have some time left over to actually live your life. So for today's topic, we're going over the energy systems of the muscle. Like if we're just starting off with the bird's eye view, you have to have energy for a muscle contraction to occur. And the very, the very building block of this is going to be through adenosine triphosphate, which is ATP. We cannot have an energy contraction without this. And so what is ATP? It's a high energy bond of adenosine and 3-phosphate. But for re- energy to get released, what happens is there's an enzyme, ATPase, that converts adenosine triphosphate to adenosine diphosphate but it leaves an inorganic phosphate. And there's just this quick spurt of energy from the bond being broken of that other inorganic phosphate molecule. So that's great. We can get energy out of ATP into ADP plus this phosphate, but there's only so much ATP in the body, right? How do we get more? So the body has three different systems in order for this to actually happen, which is crazy because muscle is so unique in that it can vary its metabolic rate according to what the demands are of the activity, like its intensity, and how long we're doing that activity. But what are these systems? Number one, there's creatine phosphate. Two, glycolysis. And three, oxidative phosphorylation. You may hear other names out there, um, tomatoes, tomatoes, as long as we're talking about the same process, that's the same thing. But what you need to know is these are not independent of each other. The body's not just going to switch all or nothing from one system to another. They're all working together. It just depends on the intensity and the duration of the exercise for which one's going to take center stage. Okay? Okay, so each of them have their strengths and weaknesses, and we'll review them again at the end of this one. But let's just talk about how they work in the first place. Creatine phosphate. So this is that system I want you to think of when there's like very intense, short exercises. You are sprinting. You're you're running for your life, basically, or you're just running like really, really fast. This is what the body uses for when it needs to move now, but you don't have time to wait around for a million chemical reactions to happen. You need it now. So what happens is with our muscle ATP, you have a little bit stored in it, but it's actually not a whole lot for activity itself. It's more for optimal cell function. So the body's only going to have so much of ATP stored in the muscle. So to make up for this, the body is able to use creatine phosphate in order to convert it into ATP. So what happens is it breaks creatine phosphate into creatine and then phosphate, and then it releases energy with that bond being broken. And that energy allows that phosphate that's just split apart from the creatine to combine with ADP to become ATP. So you get one for one. Really great for a quick and boom, I need some energy now, but you only get one for one, so it's not really all that high of a yield. And it's not sustainable. You're going to run out of that pretty quickly. And so we're looking at activities that are maybe somewhere between 8 to 15 seconds long. Really not that that long. So the second system is the anaerobic glycolysis system. And this is going to kick in more about like 30 seconds to 2 minutes. Again, the exact time is going to vary a little bit and depending on what research you read. But 
this is also pretty quick to enact and we still don't have to wait around on oxygen yet because we're actually the most um, high yield when we have oxygen helping, but we don't have time to wait around for it. So with the system, think about your sports that have like high to moderate intensity, but it kind of varies. So like maybe like soccer, rugby, that kind of thing. The body's going to take glycogen from the liver and break it down into glucose or use blood glucose levels and convert this into pyruvate. And this process will produce two ATP. No oxygen is needed in this step, but depending on if oxygen is present or not, depends on what happens to that pyruvate. So if there's no oxygen, that pyruvate is going to become lactic acid. If there is, it's going to go ahead and move on to our other energy system. So that third energy system is oxidative phosphorylation or the aerobic component of it. Now for this one, we're looking at things that are low intensity, but you're going to do it for a long time. So think about your cyclist that like goes in cycles three or four hours, you know, there's not enough creatine phosphate in the body to just purely sustain that motion, right? The thing is, oxygen is kind of like the MVP player of like high yield ATP production. It's going to be able to be very efficient at producing high amounts of ATP, but you have to wait a while for it to get to this because it doesn't really kick in until after a couple minutes. But then after that, it can last for hours, depending on how in shape you are. But if you need to move or you need to sprint or something, you can't just like wait two minutes for your body to rev up and produce energy. That's why we have the other energy systems present. So for this one, while it's the body is using those other systems, it's starting to rev up. So like where we left off with the pyruvate produced from the anaerobic glycolysis phase, if there's oxygen present, that pyruvate is going to become acetyl-CoA and that's going to enter into the Krebs cycle. And basically what you need about that, basically what you need to know about that is it's just a bunch of chemical reactions that help break down these molecules into different byproducts. So you get two ATP from that portion. You get carbon dioxide that goes to be expelled in the lungs and then you get hydrogen ions. And these hydrogen ions are going to combine with enzymes NAD and FAD into NADH and FADH2. And then they're going to go through this huge, long electron transport chain that helps to produce ATP like crazy. So we're talking about, depending on what research you read, ATP produced in terms of yield anywhere from like 32 to 38 ATP. And that's a huge difference from like the one for one or like one for two from the other two systems. But you have to wait a while for you to actually get it. So in summary, we're looking at these three systems. You've got the phosphogen system, glycolysis, and the oxidative phosphorylation or aerobic. So for the phosphogen system, you can you can use it really quick and it's great for high intensity exercise, but you can't really produce a lot of ATP and you're pretty limited on the storage of creatine phosphate. For glycolysis, it also has a very quick turnaround for ATP, but not quite as quick as phosphogen. Definitely much faster than the aerobic system. It's still not going to produce a whole lot of ATP, but at least you're going to be able to utilize it quicker. And we're utilizing blood glucose and liver glycogen for our fuel. The aerobic system, 
The power, the intensity, not really great for high intensity. But once it starts revving up, we can actually use it for a very long time and it produces a lot of ATP. And this is coming from, in terms of fuels used, blood glucose, liver glycogen, adipose, and intramuscular fat. Um, And in extreme cases, you can use protein. So those are our three systems. It's important for you to master these because depending on what exercise you're prescribing for your patients, what system are you utilizing? What system do they need to be able to utilize? So I want you guys to think about that. We'll expand more on this in the future. But if you have any questions, please reach out. Um, I am more on Instagram these days, so you can find me at PT Snacks Podcast, or you can check out my website, ptsnackspodcast.com, or send me an email at ptsnackspodcast at gmail.com. At the end of the day, this podcast is meant to be correct, but also concise and helpful to you guys. So if there's any way that I can help you, please let me know. Um, Other than that, If you liked this, if you felt it was helpful, please leave a review or go ahead and hit subscribe so that you don't miss any of the other up and coming future topics. And if you have something in particular that you want me to go through, let me know and then I'll take a look at it.